Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. A big shout out to Mark Pogue. His album, Through the Fire, with the song Money Can't Buy, is the intro uh, that, you know, the music that you're hearing underneath the intro. I just love the album. I really do recommend it to you if you're on our page. Click on that link and go check out the album. Uh, Mark's an amazing artist who's been in the industry for. Ugh, decades just you know travel with all kinds of amazing individuals and it's really cool to uh, uh, you know to get to be able to share some of his music with you on a regular basis um, I'm just so glad that you're here today I'm looking forward to this time for us together because we've got some fun stuff to talk about today um, you know we want to talk about stress about overwork overwhelm and just burning yourself you know burning the candle at both ends until you burn yourself completely out just you know um, imagine uh, you know really truly burning a candle at both ends I mean we use that phrase all the time but a lot of us do it in our lives but we don't really think about it um, you know it's like holding on to a match that's lit and seeing how long you can hold on to it. I mean, I know as teenagers or young adults, we try to do crazy things to, to prove we're cool or tough or whatever, but really the whole concept of overworking yourself is really not as cool as uh, some of us have made it seem like. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm, I hope you're not feeling anybody pointing their fingers at you because if I was pointing a finger, um, more than the 10 that I've got would be pointing back at me. I'm such a, uh, such a victim of such a, uh, kind of person who does that a lot where you'll just work 60, 70 hour weeks, um, and the thing that I'm discovering, and it's really tough, because the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but, um, you know, there are people who are entrepreneurs, who are doing amazing things, thriving in what they do, that are working like 20 hours a week. Um, you know, and so this show is not going to be about how many particular hours, but it is going to be about maximizing how you take care of you. Um, there's an old saying, self-care is not self-ish. Um, and I think a lot of us, probably all of us by this point have heard that. Um, we, uh, you know, those of us that are business coaches or, um, you know, consultants or what have you, um, uh, you know, we probably even thrown the phrase around. Um, and then the person, of course, would look at our own lives and be like, well, if that's true, then uh, how come you're not taking care of yourself? And, uh, you know, uh, there are so many professions that are high intensity. And if you don't have the control over um, how you're going to take care of you, if you don't respect you, you don't take care of you, 
Um, there isn't going to be anybody else in this world that's going to come in. Um, you know, the closest would probably be your spouse. Um, you know, he or she may come in and try to get you to take it easy. But um, even them, a lot of times, you know, they take for granted. Um, you know, we all do it with our spouses. We take for granted all the things that they do in our lives. Um, you know, and then we'll come in with a message of, you should do less, take some time off, honey, you know, things like that. And, uh, and, you know, and they kind of look at us and roll their eyes, like, are you insane? And, um, you know, in the end, it really does boil down to the only person that can make that change is you. The only person that you really have control over in life is yourself. And it would be so nice sometimes if we did have control over the people around us. If you could just make people bend to your will and do and act the way that you want them to, um, you know, uh, probably that wouldn't be as nice as what it sounds. But it sounds kind of wonderful right now, doesn't it? Um, you know, but in the end, the only person that you have control over is yourself. You are the person who decides what you're going to do. Whether it be in situations, you decide whether you're going to respond or react. You decide whether you're going to allow yourself to live in calmness or in stress. Um, or it be your lifestyle. And this one is really hard for us as entrepreneurs because, um, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about passion, about doing what you're passionate about, about your passion driving you through the hard times. And, um, the balance to passion is taking care of yourself, is determining in a non-busy time, this is how I choose to live my life. This is what I want my life to look like. And then creating a schedule that allows yourself to live that way so that you're taking care of yourself. And then additionally to that, learning some skills because... You know, a lot of times I think we feel like when it's presented to us that it's like, yeah, but you don't understand. I still got to work. You know, I've got all these things I got to do. Somebody has to take care of it. And especially if you're a solopreneur, you know, that means that you're doing all this stuff. And of course you want to get to that point where, um, you know, you do only the things that you, only you can do and you hire somebody else to do all the rest of it. But, you know, I know how it is. When you start off, the uh, the only person that can do only all of it is you. <laughs> I get it. Um, and it can be frustrating some days, which is why, like you said, um, in a calm and quiet moment, you've got to determine this is who I am. This is how I want to live. This is what my lifestyle is going to be. And then create a way to live that life and create a way where while you're doing the things that you have to need to have decided to do that you will, um, you know, you'll thrive. You'll be an excellence in it. You can live in a calm, centered, happy, peaceful place as opposed to living in a stressed out, overwhelmed, overworked, um, angry, difficult to be around kind of place. I think any of us that have been around in the world have been in both of those. And of course, obviously, we want to choose the, the former and not the latter. We want to live in a really great and happy place. And so today, our 
authors that I'm bringing to you are going to share with you some really insightful tips. Um, They're very specifically geared towards a couple of specific groups, but regardless of whether you're in that demographic or not, the information that they're sharing is so powerful that um, I'm actually spending a little extra time with each of them today to really have them share with you how to take care of yourself, how to create that right lifestyle and then live it in it um, and powerfully show up in a place where you say, no, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. You know, yeah, I could answer a phone call at 11 o'clock at night because a customer calls. A lot of us that are entrepreneurs are like, oh yeah, I've had that one happen. Um, I remember one time actually, uh, I had a surgery and I was actually answering tech support calls because uh, it was a technology company. And uh, I was actually answering tech support calls until they took the phone away from me, headed to surgery. Um, and then later on, when I got out, I'm sitting there in recovery. Um, and as soon as I could, I was answering calls again. And that's just, that's crazy. You know, that's the things we do in our mid to late twenties when we're entrepreneurs that, um, if we can learn it at that stage in our life, um, all the better, because then we can live throughout the time, um, in a powerful and impactful way. Um, and then when there are things that we do need to do daily tasks, we can show up and do them well, calmly, peacefully, and happily as opposed to overwhelming and overworking ourselves. Kind of like my poor little puppy right now is doing because somebody's outside of the door. Um, so whatever you do, learn how to live your life as a thriving entrepreneur and make the choices that will allow you to show up powerfully. We'll be right back after this first commercial break here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. You're listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk to a couple of our best-selling authors about self-care and also about your lifestyle. And then what kind of things can you do to really reduce your stress? So starting us off, first of all, is an amazing book that's going to really help us out. Now, it's called Self-Care for the Healthcare Professional. And I want you to understand that even though you may not be a healthcare professional, Um, You need to learn the secrets that are revealed inside of this book. And then those of you that are healthcare professionals, you need to pay specific 
close attention to this because there's some information in here that I think most of the time, um, you know, really as healthcare professionals, you have been trained to not do. And so I really encourage you to get some great information out of our book, Self-Care for the Healthcare Professional. Now, you know, you would think that that would be the people who really are good at taking care of themselves, but probably the opposite is true. That's the people that are really good at not taking care of themselves. In order to help us with that today, I'm joined by Katie Teets, and she's going to talk about her new book, Self-Care for the Healthcare Professional. Hi, Katie. How are you today? Hi, Steve. I'm doing good. Thanks. So, um... Gaining, I mean, there's so many things we want to talk about with this book, but let's let's dive into the, the elephant that I started in the room, and that's the belief that doctors, other healthcare professionals, really know how to live healthy and take good care of themselves. Right, right. That, that whole self-care for the healthcare professional idea. Um, I totally agree with you that you would think that would be your first thought that these are the people who should know these things and should implement these things and practice what they preach. But um, in reality, it's difficult to do that when people are struggling with 10, 12-hour days. They're giving so much of themselves to other people throughout the day. And then they get home and they're giving more of themselves to other people, whether that be their family, their friends, their children, their significant others, whoever that is outside of work that they're just kind of losing sight of what they want and losing sight of their own vision and kind of forget about themselves in that process of caring for other people. So talk to me about your own experience. Um, You know, where did you get to the point where you realized that while you were taking care of everybody else, you weren't taking care of yourself? Yeah, so this was actually interesting. I had I had known I was struggling with this for a while. Um, I, you know, I felt I was only at this point, I was only like two years, not even maybe even two years into my career as an occupational therapist. And I work at a children's hospital. So the really sick kids with, you know, parents who are, you know, sometimes a handful. <laughs> and um you know, I was just, I would give all of myself to those kids. I would give all of myself to the parents and my team members. And then when I'd get home, I'd just be completely just burnt out. I wouldn't want to see my friends or see my family because I was just honestly too tired. I just wanted to, you know, be at home and not do anything and, you know, that sort of thing. But um, I had another experience too, like on the other side of this, when I was a teenager, my mom was in and out of hospitals all the time. And you know, I realized and I could see in other people and the people who cared for her when they were burnt out, when they were stressed out, when they weren't confident, when they didn't know what they were doing. They brought that into our environment. They brought that into her her world. And that impacted not only her as a patient, but it impacted, you know, myself, my brother and my dad as her family. And, you know, it impacts the team. And if you bring that into the workplace, that impacts your team as well. So it creates this negative environment all around. And so I kept having these like little, I wouldn't say flashbacks, but I would say these little ideas in my head, like, you know, I've felt this way before. I've seen this all before. Like, where is this coming from? You know? And then like one day I was just inside one of a patient's rooms and I was like, oh my God, I have been here before. I have seen this before. 
but I was on the other side of it. I was seeing this in other people, and now I'm the one bringing this energy into this child's room or this person's room. And at that point, I realized, like, I had to take action. I had to do better because I know how it impacted myself and my family. And um, I didn't want to bring that uh, damper, that burnout, that negativity into another patient's room. So I realized at that point, like, I just had to do better. I had to do better. It's interesting how many people actually in the healthcare profession, um, you know, don't have that aha moment that they just have gotten so good at going through the motions that they are almost robotic, if if that's the right way of putting it, you know, with what mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot too. And I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is that we're kind of taught that in school. We're kind of taught that this is the way things are. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to have a high workload. It's going to be stressful. You're going to be burnt out. But in reality, it doesn't have to be that way. Like I was told by my teachers in school, along with, you know, a group of 60 other almost occupational therapists that we wouldn't feel confident in our careers until we were at least three years into it. And I understand like where that's coming from in terms of having that experience and that hands-on practical experience with patients. I get that part, but, but having that mindset of going into your job every day and not feeling like you're confident, not feeling like you're good enough really puts you at risk for more of a chance of burnout. And, you know, you're just perpetuating that, um, that negative environment that you're creating. And, so we're taught that. We're taught that it's okay to work yourself until you're burnt out. And some people just view that as the norm. So you talk about, even on the cover of your book, um, several different things. Gaining competence, taking control, mm-hmm. having balance, and also having a successful career. So um, that's a lot to swallow all in one sentence. Let's break it down Absolutely. a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk first about the how to gain confidence. So gaining confidence. So in the book, you know, I talk about, um, I talk about, there's different things. I talk about like taming your tornadoes, taking the wheel, that sort of thing. But gaining the gaining confidence piece really deals with those negative thinking patterns that you're telling yourself. Like for me, going into my career, um, I always I always thought negatively. I always thought I'm not good enough to treat this patient. I shouldn't even be here. I'm a new therapist working in a children's hospital. Like, what am I doing? You know, so I always had these negative thinking spirals. And then on top of that, if anybody ever asked me to do anything new in my job or do do a new evaluation that I didn't know or see this child with this diagnosis that I didn't really know, then I would be really scared. I would be really fearful of doing it and scared to kind of um, do it because I didn't think I was good enough. So, So what I mean by gaining confidence and the activity that I actually give in the book is really taking a hold of those negative thinking patterns. So what we want to do is give those sort of subconscious thinking patterns a name. And for me, it was, and I know it sounds silly, but (laughs) just go with it. So for me, it was negative thinking Nancy and fearful Frank. Like those were the two sort of behaviors, the two mindsets that were kind of 
directing my life. I was letting fear and negative thinking really control how I was interacting in my career and in my life outside of my career. So, so really taking negative thinking, Nancy, and taking fearful Frank and really looking at what they do to you physiologically. So what does that look like? You might get nervous, your hands might sweat, you might get fidgety, um, you might be defensive. Um, then you look at what that sounds like. So for negative thinking Nancy, what it sounded like in my head were those uh, rep repetitive thoughts of you aren't good enough, you'll never be good enough, they don't like you, they don't want you on their team, that sort of negative thinking spiral. That's what negative thinking Nancy sounded like. And for feeling like, you just kind of take a look at your body, really become aware of what you're feeling in your body. So for me, you know, I would often like tap my fingers on my desk, my muscles would get tight, my, my heart would beat faster, I'd have a little bit shallow breathing. So all of this, looking at what it looks like, sounds like, and feels like, gives you cues into the physiological signs of the, the uh, feeling that you are feeling, the emotion that you're feeling. And then, you know, you can do a series of things. Um, I call them flow switches in my book and in my program. But you can do a series of things to actually take control of that, take control of that and gain your confidence so that you never, you no longer have to deal with, like, negative thinking, Nancy and fearful Frank and those, sort, those sorts of things you might be experiencing. And, of course, you go into much more detail in the book as to specifically how you can do that. It, it's really a good, you know, a good practical guide that helps people take each one of those things step by step and work through it in their own life. Absolutely. That was one of my, that was one of my biggest things with, was with, with this book is that I didn't just want to, I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to give people content, but I also wanted to give something practical for people to do. So in each chapter, I tell my own story, I give a lot of content, but at the end of each chapter, I also give an activity so that you can apply it to yourself in your own life, in your own career, and that was really important to me to include in this book. So I want to talk to you next about the element of taking control, because often, uh, you know, control is an illusion that we fight so mm -hmm. hard for that doesn't really exist. So in mm -hmm. reference to your book, um, talk specifically, um, what kind of things are you focusing in on, on helping a person take control? Okay. So when I, when I say take control, I mean, I'm t taking control of your own life, directing your own life. So I was told once by somebody that our subconscious mind actually controls 88% of our habits, our actions, our thoughts, and our behaviors. And for me, I was like, what the heck? You're like, that's so not true. Like, I'm totally in control. Like, I've got it down. Whatever choices I make are my decisions. And although that's true on some level, it's not as true as I thought it was. Like you said, we have this kind of illusion of having control. But, um, but being, you know, I, I did have my undergraduate work in psychology. So I did have an appreciation for psychology and the subconscious mind and all of this. So at the same time, I had this appreciation. I also had this denial of like, no, that's, that can't be true. So I looked into it more and lo and behold, it absolutely is true. <laughs> and, um, you know, so so what I do in this book is really help people to grab hold of those subconscious thought patterns that are impacting those habits, that are impacting those actions, thoughts, and behaviors. That way, 
you're not letting your emotions be in control. You're taking control in the moment. And you can say, hey, when negative thinking Nancy comes out, I get really fidgety. I start to sweat a little bit. But I can take control and say, hey, no, that's just a subconscious story that I'm telling myself. And I can take action to correct that. And I can, you know, count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and change the script. I can look at it differently and change my mindset in that way. So that's what I mean when taking control is taking control of those emotions that you might be feeling that are attached to all of this. And so the next thing, and again, I mean, we're just barely scratching the surface of this. We're just talking about some of the overall things. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you talk about balanced and successful career, but I want to break those two up too. Um, Balanced, uh, you know, so there's 24 hours in the day. So does that mean that, uh, you know, I work 12 and I take the rest of them off or how does that work? You know, it's going to be different for every person, depending on what balance means for them. But it means really just kind of respecting your own boundaries. Because in healthcare, a lot, you can get really caught up and, you know, somebody might call you into work on your day off and you feel like you have to be there because those are your patients. Those are people you care about. Those are people you serve and you want to be there for them. However, you need to realize, we all need to realize that we're important too and we need the time off too. So so taking the balance is really about the self-care part, really taking part to do your exercise, eat well, do some meditation, do some visualization, do whatever it is that makes you happy. Really take time to care for yourself. And that doesn't have to be like a whole day off. It doesn't have to be a lavish like two-week vacation. Although it certainly can be, it doesn't have to be, but I'm just talking about like five minutes here. And one of the things that we actually um, want to start implementing at my work is just, um, we, I work on a unit um, and it's a subacute and skilled nursing facility for medically fragile children. And these people work their butts off every single day. The nursing staff, the CNAs, they work their butts off every single day to make the best possible life for these children. And um, every day, at shift change, they have reports. So the next shift reports, uh, the current nurse reports to the next shift of what's going on and so on and so forth. They have those about three times a day. And one of the ways we want to implement self-care into that is just taking like two minutes at the end of the report and doing some stretches, doing some quiet time where they're with themselves, where they're taking care of their body to really practice that self-care because that gets you into a state Whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes, it gets your body into a state where you're ready, you filled your cup up a little bit, and you're ready to give more to others. So that balance part is really about practicing that self-care, filling your own cup so that you're you're aptly, you know, able to give to other people, which you do every single day in the healthcare profession. And then, of course, lastly, successful career, which... Um, I think kind of ties back into what you were saying before when you were in school and they were talking about, you know, not being confident for the first three years. And I think there's a general concept of what it means to be successful um, in a healthcare profession. But I know your book kind of takes it from a different, uh, you know, from a different direction. Can you explain to people how to really define successful in their career? Yeah, so the book, it goes into, at the end, toward the end of the book, it talks about all of this in more detail, but success is going to mean something different to you and me. 
success looks totally different to any group of people, depending on their perception. So, you know, for me, success is really having that work-life balance is not, it's not, you know, burning myself into the ground at work. If I am like top dog at work, but I'm burnt out and like feeling like crap every day, that's not successful to me. I'm not feeling successful. So what, it, what, what I mean by being successful in your career is having that balance, having that um, ability to um, be okay with your own boundaries and then move forward and really take a look. I talked about earlier about how um, self-care for the healthcare professional, how, you know, people sometimes lose sight of their own vision and lose sight of their own goals when they're caring for other people so much. And so what we do toward the end of the book is really start to set intentions for what it is you really want. Why is it that you're, why is it that you began your career in healthcare? What is it that's pushing you every single day to show up in this world and show up for these patients in this way? What is it? Because that's the only thing that's going to really get you through. And then um, really looking at your own intentions and what your goals are and what your vision is long-term for your career, not only your career, but also your life. So how are you going to combine the two um, and make both work so that you're succeeding in your career and in your life as a whole? And I really do think your cover really captures that. I love this picture of you in a, you know, tropical paradise in a hot tub, I think it <laughs> is, you. you know, <laughs> it just yeah, really kind of says. <laughs> that picture is actually so funny because that was um, a picture from my friend and I, we visited Bali and we were staying at this really amazing resort for a couple of nights. And that was at that resort. And we were like, oh, let's take some fun pictures, whatever. And I was trying to be super serious in that picture, but it ended up being <laughs> being really funny and, you know, really lighthearted. And I just love that photo because it captures the moment so well. The book is called Self-Care for the Healthcare Professional by Katie Teets. Katie, thanks so much for spending some time helping people who are in a very tough profession to learn that, you know, they can take care of themselves too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I really encourage you, especially if you're a healthcare professional to first of all, of course, get the book, but secondarily really make sure that you are making a priority in your life, creating self-care, creating a lifestyle that allows you to take good care of yourself rather than just taking care of everybody else, which I know is at the heart and soul of why you do what you do. Make sure that you make your list too, because we want you around. We appreciate what you do and we want you to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to The Thriving Entrepreneur as we talk to you today about your self-care, about how to put yourself as a priority, take care of yourself. And now, and I love how things come together. It's so cool that I have this interview to be able to share with you. Um, so that you can really understand how to go through the things that you have to do in life. Because, um, you know, you, none of us really lives in a world where we can just meditate all day or do completely stress-free activities all day. Stresses come, things happen, you know, traffic, all of those kind of things. And so we really need to understand how do we go through the things that we have to do the things that we want to do, the things that we must do, and still live happy, stress-free, and really have a good life and be able to take care of ourselves. Join me in welcoming Michelle Pascal. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? I am so good. So good. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. So I'm very interested in this concept of meditation for daily stress um, especially the part where you say that it's possible to be calm or reduce stress immediately. Can you give us kind of an overview of what your book teaches? Yes, I think it's very simple. Everyone, you, me, every people who listen to you, we need to be calmer. It's clear. Because when we are stressed, we destroy our immune system. When we are stressed, we are tired, we destroy also our brain, we, we can't really make a good job in our work. I mean, all is destroyed by stress. So everyone, we need to be calmer. But the question, it's not to practice uh, a technique of relaxation outside of the stress. Because if you go in a yoga room, in a landscape, in a monastery, it's beautiful. But when you go back to your stress, you are stressed again in the traffic when you go back to your job. So meditation for daily stress, it's a sort of revolution for meditation because we learn to practice meditation not outside of the stress, but inside the stress. How can I be calmer in the traffic? How can I be calmer at my workplace, when my manager, my co-workers are so stressed. This is meditation for daily stress. All right, so how does it work? I mean, if I'm in traffic, obviously, uh, you know, I can't pull off to the side of the road and close my eyes. So is it something I can do eyes open while I'm driving in the car stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic? Exactly, Steve. I teach every day for Uber, for drivers for Uber, for example. So what we do, of course, we don't close our eyes when we drive, of course. But we learn how to recycle all the stressful energy that we listen, that we feel uh, with our car. 
So when for that we use some visualization and breathe exercise, we combine the mind and the body, visualization and breath exercise, and like that we learn to recycle. And after one or two sessions, the brain has the information that it can be calm in the traffic. Because we are educated that we must be stressed in the traffic. But we can be also educated that we can be calm in the traffic. And more we are stressed in the traffic, more we are tired. So the key with meditation for daily stress, it's to use some special visualization and breathe exercise in the daily stressful situation. So how did you come about, how did you discover this? Me, I was, I was um, in a monastery in the Himalayas during many years. And uh, also, I have published uh, 19 books in French to adapt the pure uh, teaching, the pure acknowledge that we live in a monastery to this daily life. I have adapted the pure teaching because I realize that if we practice any relaxation, it's beautiful. But when we go back in our daily stress, we are stressed again. So my intuition was to say, we must train our mind in the daily life, in the daily stressful situation. And I see when I develop this new way of meditation for the manager at Google, for example, we, have, uh, we make a survey at Google. 96% of the engineers at Google say this way of meditation is very efficient in my work. I work also for prisoners in America, for celebrities, for managers, employers, uh, people at Whole Food, dentists, doctors, psychiatric doctors, everywhere, the survey is so positive. I can share with you an amazing data. In America, in California, 80% of parolees, they return to jail three months after the release. But in Los Angeles, at Amity Foundation, where we develop this way of meditation, the same percentage, Steve, 80% of parolees, they never return to jail. They find a job. They rebuild a family. So we can be a prisoner. We can be a manager at Google. We see how we have the capacity when we practice this new way of meditation to feel better immediately and to change totally our perception of the stress. So how long does the process take? Is it something that's five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours? What, what kind of time frame are we looking at? I love your question because no one has time to meditate. No one has time to say that. Because in this way of meditation, we don't lose time. We use the time that we have. For example, we are in the traffic, we use the time in the traffic. For example, uh, we are at the workplace, we use any situation to train our mind before a meeting, during a meeting, after a meeting. We use any situation. So it's not a question to say, oh, you must meditate 20 minutes in a lotus position. 
because no one can do that. We are too much tired. We are too much busy. But we can re-educate our mind and to use any situation. So, for example, when I arrive face to my computer, I practice a special visualization to train my mind with my computer. When I receive an email or a call, I use this moment to train my mind by visualization. I go to restroom. I use also this situation to train my mind. So this way of meditation, it's exactly what we do in a monastery. This is an authentic way of meditation because meditation in Tibetan language, it doesn't mean I am sit down in a lotus position. It doesn't mean the cliché that we know in America. It means I train my mind in my daily life. So I use any situation to train my mind. For example, I talk to you. I train my mind, Steve, to be very present to you. Many times I say my mantra, my favorite mantra is to say, how are you? How many times per day, for example, you say, Steve, hello, how are you? But when we say, hello, how are you? We use this moment to be calmer, to be very present to the person. So it's like that, that we can re-educate our mind in our daily life. All right. So people understand the basic concept of it. And of course, we don't want to give away the whole book, but uh, walk us through a meditation. How could we train our minds in this moment while we're listening to this show? I can make a meditation for you, Steve, in your show in one minute, if you want. If you want, we can do that. that. Yes, absolutely. How can I feel calmer? How can I stop my brain from running all time? in one minute, okay? So I snap three times and just we close our eyes. We are sitting down in a comfortable position face to our computer, for example. We do Nothing. Just we are sitting down like a mountain. And immediately we can meditate like a mountain. We can feel the stability of the mountain. We visualize the mountain. We see the stability of the mountain and we breathe in mentally the stability of the mountain. We breathe in the stability. We keep our breath two seconds. We keep stability in our mind and we exhale stability. in all our body. And immediately, 
we feel the stability of the mountain in all our mind, in our body. Because when we meditate like a mountain, we become a mountain. And we open our eyes. How do you feel, Steve? I feel good. Thank you. I appreciate that. You see, in one minute, when we are guided with a visualization, a deep visualization, immediately we feel good. We feel better. And more we are calmer, more we have energy. In America, you, me, everyone who follow your show, Steve, we need to be very active, very productive. So we realize that more we are stressed, less we are active, less we are productive. But more we are calm, more we have energy, more we are active, productive, intuitive, more we can find solution to any problems of our life. This is exactly to meditate in the daily stress. So talk to us a little bit about the difference of doing that when you're in action. So for example, you're driving a car. Um, you know, you obviously need to be aware of your surroundings. Um, how does that differ from when just a minute ago we closed our eyes? The first thing that we do with Uber drivers, for example, when we enter in our car, when we are sitting down, when we start the car, just before we start, we practice one minute. We are like a mountain in our car during one minute. It can be a few seconds. It's just immediately to calm the mind. And we start. And after, when we are in the traffic, when we see a lot of cars around us, we breathe in the stressful energy. We keep in our mind and we take out. We take out the mental toxin that we breathe when we are in the car. And we know in neuroscience that when we put electrode on your brain, if you practice any visualization, to recycle the stressful energy, immediately we have more serotonin and dopamine. This is uh, the hormone of the well-being in the body. So when we practice like that, day after day, we rediscover our car. Our car, it's not the place to be stressed. Our car becomes our yoga room the place I can be calmer, the place I can learn how to be calmer in the traffic. I love it. That's great stuff. 
So tell us a little <laughs> bit about your book. Um, where can people get it? What what can they expect to get from your book? So in my book, my question was so simple. How can I give 10 practices without effort to feel better immediately in the main stressful situation? When I have... Um, when I am in my workplace, when my manager is so stressed, when I lose my job, when I have money problem, when I have an addiction, I mean, many, many cases like that. So how can I feel better immediately? So meditation for daily stress, 10 practices to feel better without effort immediately. You can find this book on Amazon, of course, but also Barnes and Nobles, many, many places in America who sell books. They have the book. And also, I am so happy because Whole Food, the big supermarket, has chosen this book and this way of meditation. So you can find my book in any Whole Foods also in America. You can go also on my website, michelpascal.tv on michelpascal.tv you have a lot of a lot of videos uh, audio guidance that you can listen when you drive for example to feel calmer immediately and to be very aware of the traffic when you drive so michelpascal.tv you have also my twitter michel meditates we are close uh, 45,000 people every day. You have also my Facebook. And, but the most important, it's maybe to come on the website, michelpascal.tv. And also we create an application. In a few months, we will have 1,000 practices to feel better immediately every day in any sort of situations. And um, if you want to meet me, I perform at the Carnegie Hall uh, in New York, October 17. So I will guide meditation and I will sing medi meditation at Carnegie Hall. And I will invite many meditation teachers, healers, uh, channel, uh, many yoga master students to pray all together to make a, a collective prayer to send peace, to send peace for all the world from the Carnegie Hall in New York City. I encourage you to check out michellepascal.tv to find out more about Michelle, to learn how you can apply meditations instantly in your daily life to actually help you feel more calm and centered um, and live a stress-free life. I love that. Michelle, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Thank you so much, Steve. Peace, peace all time. Life is simple. Be happy. <laughs> life is simple. Be at peace. What a great, great ending to an awesome segment on the show. Did you do the exercise? If you didn't, um, whether you can do it now, I mean, obviously if you're riding in the car, you can't go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio and, uh, check out the show and go through that exercise with Michelle again, because it is so impactful. I found myself since, uh, you know, the few days since I did this interview with him and, 
just that little bit of stopping for a second and then saying to yourself, I am calm, I am centered, I am strong like the mountain. It really can make a difference in your day. We all have stresses in our day, but the point is how can we deal with them, get through, and really thrive as an entrepreneur. I really want that for you. And I hope that you will take the time to uh, go through that over and over again until it just becomes part of your lifestyle. You're listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because... It serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur, where today we are focused on you, your self-care, and working and living a lifestyle that really promotes you living happy and healthy. Um, I know that in the first segment, we were talking specifically to self-care for the healthcare professional, but I want you to understand that whatever profession you're in, you can either choose to live powerfully, uh, you know, set yourself up for success in what you do, or you can allow it to run you. Um, the one thing that you'll learn is, is that if you don't choose powerfully, if you don't make the choice for yourself, life will choose for you. No choice is not, is not an option in life. It just isn't. You just can't sit stagnant. So, I mean, think about that for a minute. If you did absolutely nothing, you um, laid in your bed and did absolutely nothing, um, eventually you would completely, you know, be non-existent, um, would be the ultimate end of that. Um, Everything that you do is a choice, whether you choose to do it or you choose not to do it. And to choose powerfully in advance. The best way to deal with stressors in life is to already have in place things that allow you to make it through the times that you can't control. You know, a good friend of mine, his, his primary saying was, control what you can and don't worry about what you can't control. There are a lot of things in this life that are out of our control, you know. As I'm uh, speaking right now, there has been an enormous hurricane that just hit Miami, and and not more than a month before that, uh, in fact, I think it was actually only a couple of weeks before that, a big hurricane hit Houston, Texas. Um, There's no control over that. Um, You could control where you live. 
you could live in, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, which has never gotten a hurricane because it's way away from the ocean. Um, but, you know, you also don't have the ocean, you know, and having lived in a place where we have the ocean as our backyard, I can tell you how beautiful and gorgeous it is. But, you know, there's also days when the rain is sideways because the wind is so hard. And it's just one of those kind of things, but it's a choice. And that's the important thing I want you to see is that you have the power of choice. No matter what, there are things that you can't control, but you control what you can control. So when an emergency situation comes up, you can have an emergency readiness plan in place. Does that make sense? You can do the things that you can do, and you can have faith and prayer and spend the time investing yourself in things that you can't control. Um, or you can just simply have a plan in place and allow the things that you can't control you to live strong, powerfully calm, and peaceful through. It's not always going to happen. All of us have our bad days. I'm not expecting you to live as a robot. But I do really know that you can show up in the world powerfully, and I really hope you will. Because you see, here's the thing. You are important to this world. In fact, as I always say, you are uniquely brilliant. There is something that you do, something that you are, that the world needs. You were created for a purpose. There's none of us that are accidents. There's nobody that it's like, oh, well, you know, and then that person was leftovers. No, you were created for the purpose. And the world needs you. We need you to share what you do good with the rest of us so all of us can thrive because of your contribution to the world. Now, the first thing you can do, of course, is to join us at bestsellersguild.com. It's a free Facebook group. It's a family. We love getting together and helping you be able to, uh, you know, share your message with the world and really create a book because, you know, 80% of the people in the world say they want to write a book. So if you're listening, you probably have a book in you. Now it's time to get that out. So join us for free at bestsellersguild.com and share your unique brilliance, your message, your words, what you do so powerfully with the world. That's another way that you can live that happy, blessed lifestyle every day of your life. Because we do want you to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Kathy and I are here for you. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.